The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Welcome to this episode of Pit Life Barbecue. Gather around the pit with your hosts, Johnny Mags and Messy Mike. Let's talk barbecue. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in Salem, New Hampshire. It's Fit Life Barbecue Podcast, where we talk everything barbecue and a lot of other topics that you normally talk around the pit. As always, I'm joined by Messy Mike. Good afternoon. Hi, buddy. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Very good. Did you set this up? I did. You did? Yes. I didn't even know you was knowing each other. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. This was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I walk up the stairs and I hear the voice. I'm like, I know that voice. Wait a damn minute. Right off the Hi, bat, Hi, Chris. Too. What's up? How's it going, Johnny? Hanging in. We have, we're joined in studio by Chris uh, from Eastwood Farms. Eastwood Farms, yep. I've been a longtime fan of you guys, definitely since the uh, hot seat. And I uh, appreciate you letting me on here. We were just trying to figure that out. It's almost been a year since Mike took his tumble. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do it again then. <laughs> a little anniversary <laughs> show. <laughs> oh, so what's going on, boys? Nothing much. Nothing much. How about that halftime Super Bowl show? Oh, my God. I, I, oh. Can, I, can, I can honestly say that most everybody was hoping for a wardrobe malfunction. Yes. Of some sort. I think the entire country. <laughs> You know, yep. but then then the other thing was, what is it you, you were hearing? All right, what I'm about to say is, take it as extremely sexist or not. Oh, I really God. don't care. Blocker but is. everyone was, you know, complaining. Oh, it was too risque and da, da, da. But no one said a damn word about last year. Who's the guy from The Voice? There, Adam Levine. Adam Levine from was it Maroon Five? Oh, taking off his shirt. Sitting there, no shirt, and yep. all this, and all the girls. Googling and ooh and ah and over it, that was absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But you got a couple of te- Latin women shaking what their mama gave them, and all of and a sudden everybody's up and arms. Fifty years old and forty-three years old. Yeah. Oh, what so. was what, what, what was the meme I saw the other day? I left. It oh. was J Lo. I'm 143 years old. <laughs> well, my my sister Latin women sent be me, like, uh, I'm 143. My sister sent me like 50 back then, and it was a picture of uh, Blanche from the Golden Girls, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 50 now. J-Lo. <laughs> I don't know. When I looked at him, I thought, okay, there's $400 million and $300 million. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And never mind her, her other half Ooh. in the audience. Was yes. And her daughter. What the hell? Another freaking $500 million. Ballsy. Getting up there with all that, all those people watching and just singing. Yeah. That was pretty good. I got it. I'll, good. I'll admit, I'm not even going to pretend to know the other two guys that were singing and rapping. I didn't know them Yep. Tongue, but tongue you flip. saw the best Super Bowl commercial of all time, right? Sonata. The Hyundai, yeah. yes. Yep. <laughs> that was yep. good. Yep. Which one were you leaning towards? Well, yeah. Comedian Tony V. Tony, Tony V, Tony yes. He was in the house. In the, in the, yeah. Yep. He was here today. I oh, said, was he? Tony, say it for me. Come on. This one time. <laughs> and he did. He yeah, said, that Sonata ain't got no driver. That's yeah, awesome. Because he couldn't say anything. Could no. he? Because of the contracts, and no, yeah. he wasn't allowed to talk about that one. Huh. You know, I I knew we, you know, through conversation, I knew that he got the had the commercial, but well, you know, he was out shooting that, and then uh, I said, "What were you working on?" I can't say. I said, "Well, <laughs> when can you say?" He said, "Probably February." I said, "You got a Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> didn't you?" <laughs> did Good you see him. the prices for the Super Bowl commercial this year? I did. Five point six million for thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. That was a minute ad, I think. Oh, Hyundai. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. 
Yeah. Which, they did a good job on that. Which has 41 million views on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. That's awesome. So, go ahead. What? No, go ahead. But don't forget you got someone on the phone. I know. That's too. what I was going to introduce. We, we got an interesting conversation today. We, mm-hmm. we are being joined by a Skype from Rick LeMay of LeMay & Sons. Rick, are you there? I am. Hi, guys. How's it going, pal? Hello, Rick. Good, good. So Rick is um so Rick's um he has a slaughterhouse he has a butcher shop um and I mean pretty much anything you can cut you know anything you can buy meat wise um they have they have a spot right in Goffstown um they're one of the longest running USDA facilities in New Hampshire um, family owned but I mean great place I get my pigs there so what's going on I know you're on the I know you're in the car I know you're on the road um kind of give us a little intro about you know when you guys started um what you guys do um you know i know in the summertime you got your pig roasters and all that but you know what what's your what's uh LeMay's claim to fame well it, like you said initially the slaughter facility itself is probably the first and foremost started back in 1963 um we do a lot of slaughtering and processing for people who sell product to other customers via farmers markets or farm stands or um, even for themselves, whether they're doing something to stock their own freezers or looking to have a barbecue or a catered event or something of that nature. So we're kind of the beginning and end source of livestock to the freezer. Okay. And they can bring, I mean, you do anything. So if, if anybody brings, you know, whether they're hunting and, you know, venison, uh, bear, I mean, you guys can do it all. Yep, game processing. Of course, our, our first and foremost is domestic animals, and beef, pigs, and lambs probably the most primary. Mm-hmm. We do a, a few exotics, and elk, and buffalo, and um, even emus for name a few of the weird things. Um, but otherwise, it's probably the majority is the stuff that people are barbecuing, grilling, that kind of thing, pork, pork or beef related. Wow, where would you even where would you even get an emu? Or an elk. <laughs> you got to go hunting. Well, for there's, it. Some, there's some people in the state here and Vermont, um, even Maine, that uh, Massachusetts, even some of the western part of the state of Mass, actually where I'm heading now. Um, there's quite a few, quite a few farmers, ranchers that are actually raising different animals. You'd be surprised at how many people in the state actually have game animals. Hmm. I wow. mean, emus are considered, you know, still a kind of a I'm... game animal, even though they are. Ratite bird, yeah. You mm-hmm. will. Where, where are emus? Uh, where are they from? Is that a, a uh, originally? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, kind of, they're kind of like an ostrich, just a small uh, version. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You still yeah. need to try elk. I haven't tried elk yet. I haven't even tried venison, really. Elk and venison is delicious. Okay, I'll try that. I'll try that. Trust me. <laughs> pretty close. They're pretty close to the same. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Now, what's your what's your favorite? type of meat to cook? Oh, boy. Um, probably all depends on the occasion and what you're doing with it. I think I think every one of them has got something favorite about it. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're doing a brisket, well, beef brisket is pretty tough to beat. You could do it off a game animal. It's not quite the same without having that fat, fat marbling to it. Um, elk, elk steak, they're pretty tough to beat. <laughs> elk steak. Or, you can, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a nice burger, if it ends up being the case. Okay. So, all depends. All depends on what you're using it for, I guess. 
Now, now your facility, can you, um, so if I brought in, and I asked this question um, a couple With weeks Bobby, ago yeah. too, um, can you guys produce a sausage for people? So if they bring in their own mixture or if they have their own spice um, mixture, can you guys, do you guys produce, you know, meats for, for other people? I can do a little bit of custom stuff, but being that I'm in a facility where my batch type stuff is up being 25 to 50 pounds at a time, mm-hmm. it's difficult for an individual to say, you want to have a, a batch of sausage made, but if they're, if they're willing to meet that requirement as far as a, a volume of some sort, I have no problem with it. I'd be happy to make something for somebody. Okay. Especially custom wise, right? Johnny, that's oh, yeah. just one meal for you, right? Twenty five pounds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should be. <laughs> hey, I'm no. I, I I don't shy against it. I know my way around a plate. I know. <laughs> I know. Now, Rick. Um, so in the summertime, you know, because I when I get my pigs from you, um, I mean, I see all these pig roasters. How many? How many pig roasts are you guys doing a week? And, you know, are you going out to doing the pig roasts or, you know, are they renting them themselves and they, and you're providing the pig and the charcoal or how does that all work? We actually, we actually do both. So we've got multiple units there that we actually go cook and cater for individuals. Mm-hmm. But we also rent those machines that we actually use to our customers. Say, for instance, they want to buy a pig or some large item, whether it be a steamship roast beef or something of that nature, and they want to put it on a rotisserie. They can rent the unit, obviously purchase the meat item, and take it home and have it for the weekend to mm-hmm. cook and entertain for themselves. Okay. So, I mean, they, they can do it. We can do it. So we hire ourselves out to do catered functions. So if somebody wants to have an anniversary party or a wedding or, or a backyard beer party, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they can have us come in and we'll set up you know, and uh, literally take responsibility for it during that course of that day and have it ready and serve Whatever they want. Nice, because yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that last summer, through the the event with New England Pitmasters for Mason's Army, mm-hmm. um, that's where they, we go, they got um, one of the other smokers. It was from Rick. Okay. Okay. How many how many people mess up uh, the pigs if they're doing them themselves? Do you get any complaints about that? <laughs> well. <laughs> One of the reasons why they hire us sometimes <laughs> is because that can happen. Yep. Um, yeah. But, you know, like anything, I mean, like people cooking prime rib at the holidays or turkey at Thanksgiving. Every now and again, you're going to hear a story that somebody's going to screw something up. Yep. I'm sorry. I don't know if I missed it. Is there a lead time or does, is there a lead time uh, in different seasons of the year uh, for you to process like venison or any game animal or something like that? Like, Certain times of the year, as far as the facility goes, uh, processing in the fall is our busiest time. Uh, most people are starting to harvest stuff because they raised it through the summer. Okay. And then they're going to start getting to the latter part of the season. Either they're taking animals off pasture or, you know, they're going to start, you know, uh, barning or, um, or, or end of season sales, if you will. So you're raising a beef or a lamb or even a pig through the summertime. And it, you know, if it's going to be ready in the fall time of the year, and everybody wants to start harvesting, make their sales, um, holiday orders, you know, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. tends to be busier in the fall. So for us, we're, we book probably six months out wow. in the fall for our schedule through through uh, December. Thank you. Wow. Nice, nice. So, Rick, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, 
do you have like like a lot of I guess I don't know inventory or you know if, if I was wanted to buy a pig, you know, can I necessarily you know walk in and you know you have stuff in a cooler or is there you know call like a week ahead of time and order one? Um, both. So it comes down to it, uh, ordering something ahead, obviously, kind of guarantees you something. Yeah. If you're going to wait, wait to the last minute. I do have inventory, but keeping in mind, when you're dealing with uh, slaughtering and it comes to processing, some of this stuff needs some sort of timetable. Um, whole pigs, for instance. I slaughter them weekly for the weekend. So okay. if I plan on doing my butchering on Tuesday or Wednesday and having the livestock there for it, now, considering that I truck animals in uh, weekly, uh, I may not have the size of something you're looking for. So if you're looking for a 60 or an 80-pound pig, uh, my inventory at that point, I do slaughter some extras every week just because I'll have people last minute and say, oh, here it is Thursday afternoon. Hey, maybe we should have a pig roast this weekend. First, you know, they're gathering a bunch of people together. And like, Let's call them A's and see if they've got some. Well, your limitation on the size may be a, you know, a concern. Mm-hmm. Having it is a very good possibility. I always like to have something on hand. I always have stuff in the cooler, um, especially beef and lambs for, for aging purposes. My beef hang for 14 to 16 days on an average, accommodating for that dry age period. Um, but pigs don't necessarily hang that long, so I've got them for a week or less. Okay. So they, they can be used, you know, fresh, um, it kind of limits you a little bit on what's available if you wait till the last minute. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do a lot of dry aging? I do a lot of dry aging. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got I got I got two massive walk-in coolers that accommodate that. So even my customers' red meat, we age even their stuff twelve fourteen days on an average, mm-hmm. unless they request otherwise. I can do less or more, but that's pretty standard for us. Okay. So it's so it's something if you know if I came in there and I mean I've been in there where you've cut stuff. We're gonna get to that one, okay? Because that's a funny story. When you ever you told me that, <laughs> okay, we'll get right back. We'll, to we'll that, get yes. right back to what you were about All to right. say. All right. So, so Rick, hang on one second, and uh, we'll be back. Attention, cigar smokers, or even friends of a cigar smoker. If you're looking to relax with a nice premium cigar or looking for a great gift for a cigar smoker, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com have created the Cigar of the Month Club. For just $24.99 per month, you or your friend will receive four different premium handmade cigars every month. And shipping and handling is included. Go to TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com, and go to the Cigar of the Month Club. You can stop anytime because there's no contract, but you won't because this is a tremendous deal for our listeners. Go to twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com, and click the Cigar of the Month Club. At the same time, if you want to learn about the cigars you receive each month, you can smoke along with them on their own podcast called The Cigar Authority. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a nice premium cigar from our friends at twoguyscigars.com. Sweet Chase Houston. 
Well, we got the TVs running here, and uh, if you're in the Houston area, watch <laughs> out. Apparently, you, your town is pretty busy right now. High-speed chase running around in Houston. Nice. Breaking news here. I think that's first breaking news we had. Oh, nice. How about that? First for everything. <laughs> yep. Rick, you still there? I am. Awesome. So, go ahead. So, the story. So, I knew you, we, we had, you and I had talked one morning, and yep. you were going to head over to Rick's. Because you needed to pick up some things for an event you had coming up. Mm-hmm. And you needed, you know, some pork butts. And I actually, I think you needed a pig or two. Yep. And you were going to grab some brisket. Correct. So you asked <laughs> Rick if he had some brisket. Yeah. Now so, take the story from there, because this was the best one I've ever heard. <laughs> so, yeah, I needed a pig. Um, I needed a, I want to say I needed a pig. I needed a, a pork butt or two. And, yeah, I didn't want to be running around all over the place. And, you know, so... I asked Rick, I said, hey, you know, do you have any briskets that are like 15 pounds? Um, you know, I'm just looking for a brisket. I don't want to head over somewhere else and grab it. So he's like, um, yeah, hold on a second. Walks back out. He goes, uh, do you have a minute? And I was like, yeah, I got a minute. So he went, you know, opened the door, went out back. Five minutes later, not even. I mean, I think it was like a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, comes out with a beautiful Cut right from the cow, brisket. <laughs> and it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. It doesn't get much fresher than no. that, huh? Nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. Not at all. So, if I, so Rick, so if we brought stuff, um, you know, like the brisket, um, you know, ribeyes, you, you can dry age them for like 30, 60 days if, if that's what the customer wanted. I, I could. I probably wouldn't go much more than 30 days. Okay. Uh, being that it's a you know a pretty extensive cooler space for me to be able to do uh, anything longer, that might be a little bit more difficult. But it, at 30 days, that's that's a pretty long time for a hanging carcass, anyways. You now, as far as dry age stuff, that's pretty fantastic. Of course, I'm dealing with a lot of you know fancy stuff, Black Angus um, product. So going any more than that, probably not necessarily, anyways. Okay. So all right, so you're mostly dry aging the whole animal. Yes, that's the best way of doing it. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. The idea to that is to be able to have that that you know the muscles themselves you know, being stretched and hung in that dry age and having that sealed fat layer around the entire carcass before you really start carving into it. Mm-hmm. The more you cut it, the more you expose, the more loss you have, the more meat gets exposed, dries, and so forth. So it's kind of it's kind of like a canned good. You know, you think about the idea of the thing sealed. Once you pop it open, you start dishing into it. It won't last as long. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Jar, you know, jar of jelly, that kind of thing. And That's very it, interesting. Uh, it, does, it does a fantastic job as a, as a hanging carcass. Okay. Yeah. So, how would, so how would the consumer go about, um, you know, if they were, wanted to try, um, you know, some of your dry age, st- age stuff? Is there, is there a weight limit on that? Or you can just go in and, and pick and choose? Do you yeah, sell? Do you sell it? It's going to be limited because I only have so much. You know, so many items are going to come off each animal. For yep. instance, so on a beef, there's only two briskets. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm only going to have so many beef hanging at a given time. So it's a first come, first serve basis when it comes to dry age stuff. You can request some things in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, during the course of the summertime, obviously we're going through a, a lot more product uh, via uh, for stuff for barbecuing and so forth. So I always try to keep things hanging and available. But you're going to go through more of certain cuts, you know, in the summertime than you will of others. Mm-hmm. Hey, this so I, I cut, I cut, prep a lot of things and and vacuum seal and and uh, flash freeze 
so that I could have things available, you know, uh, you know that if I, if, the, if I need to continue to process the animal, have it all cut and packaged, that's what I'll end up doing. Okay, that's cool. Hey, uh, how big is your facility? Like what, uh, if I were, if, well, you, if you, you can explain it where I can't see it, what's it like size-wise? Fair enough. So <laughs> I, got a, I, I got one main slaughter floor, uh, two, two major coolers, and then one main processing room, which the facility itself is about 7,000 square feet. Wow. Let's kind of give you an example. I got, I got uh, two uh, huge walk-in freezers, um, another aging cooler, and then we have the retail storefront. So if someone wants to come in, oh. kind of browse around, get an idea you know what there is they may want to purchase, they can buy finished product, all vacuum seal, they can stock their freezer. So it's not just for an occasion for the weekend. They got people who come in weekly or, or monthly just to shop. That's great. Oh, yeah, you can buy. So um, they have a, a butcher shop called the Smokeout. So, and they sell charcoal. I mean, they sell uh, Fogo charcoal. They sell, um, uh, oh, what's the maple, uh, sugar maple sugar, Sh- sugar maple char, sugar maple charcoal. Um, you know, and then you can get your meats there. Um, they got, you know, they got the meat counter but then you can get i mean you can get everything there eggs you can get milk, check every place out. We do, yeah. yeah definitely we do a lot of our own smoking too we make all our own bacon make all our own hams because we make make all our own sausages so i, I probably get eight or ten different flavors of sausage do you doing all our own grinding making our own burger patties and that kind of thing do you do a steak and cheese sausage we do steak and cheese material as well okay a okay. Sa- oh not as a sausage oh, I've, I found a steak and cheese sausage once, and it was amazing, and I can't find it again. Interesting. So if you could do a steak nope. and cheese sausage, I'd definitely try it out. Now, <laughs> That'd be fun. Now, um, <clears throat> sausages, burgers, smoke stuff. Um, so your own bacon. So you're doing a, um, you know, selling it by the pound. Um, do you have different flavors, maple bacon, or is it hickory smoked? Uh, I do. Primarily hickory smoked. Mm-hmm. We do a, um, a regular uh, standard hickory then we do a um, apple smoke, and uh, we're offering uh, nitrate free. So if somebody wants to get away from you know any of the any of the preservatives that you know bacon has, we're 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 at the lowest that we could possibly have it at. Being a we're a custom shop, I can do some adjustments. Low low sodium. We do a, a smoked pepper, a smoked garlic and pepper bacon. Ooh, that sounds good. <clears throat> Those are fantastic Ooh. to be using a, in different recipes. Like if you want to use uh, wrapped scallops or. Bloody Marys or something like that. That smoked pepper bacon is awesome. Bloody, do you say Bloody Mary? He did. Yeah. I have a, uh, a chalada and vodka in here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it's a Bloody Mary with beer, pretty much. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Now, um, <clears throat> so when what kind of smokers are you using? I mean, they're commercial smokers. They smoke houses. Yeah, I got I got two different kinds. I, I have a, a smaller one that I can make you know, just custom dabbling if we're gonna make some smoked kielbasas and smaller batch stuff. It's a pellet style smoker. Okay. It's kind of a, a spin off of uh, you know like the uh, Traegers, the Green Mountain pellet smokers type thing, but it's a cabinet style. It's an upright. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> then I got the traditional uh, commercial stuff that you know it's the size of a, a huge walk-in closet kind of thing. You can do the, I do my you know big hams and bacons and you know the bigger stuff in mm-hmm. wow so that's why you that's why you get busy for uh by easter because all the spiral hams and the double smoked hams 
Yeah, we do a traditional, almost like a Virginia baked ham. It's a traditional whole muscle ham, skin on or skinless. Mm-hmm. I don't do any spirals. Okay. It's a, it's, it's a real meat item. It's fantastic as a, as a ham. People, they get, they'll get away from that spiral ham thing if they try these. All right, nice. Now, do you do any cheeses or any dairy smoking? I do, yeah. I do uh, one style cheese. It's a, it's a mild uh, cheddar smoked. Mm-hmm. It takes the smoke really well. Um, nice to serve. You can shred it. You can slice it. It's, a lot of people really like that. And, of course, we do, uh, we do beef jerky and dabble in a few other things. And that's all readily available at the smokeout. Yeah, steakout. Yep. Well, steakout, yeah. Excuse me. We're talking about smoke steakout, yep. yeah. Nice, okay. <laughs> I'd love to smoke some cheese. I just haven't <laughs> gone there yet. Sorry, I'm dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Who brought him? <laughs> nice. Don't you have to oh, yeah. store smoked cheese for a while? Um, like after you smoke it, do you have to store it before you like eat it? Rick? The cheese itself? Yeah. Um. Well, it's obviously refrigeratable, an item. I guess what I'm asking is, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I guess what I'm asking is, I've heard some people that smoke cheese and they say not to do, not to eat it immediately, but to let it soak in over a period of time. Does that make sense? Um, well, I guess it all depends what temperature you're doing at. It's gonna, it's gonna permeate and have you know some, some of the smoke penetrates over it. And you just want to chill it and get it back to you know a hard, hard block. Okay. And then slice it. So, I mean, time-wise afterwards, I don't see it's necessary for any, any duration of time. Okay. Thank you. No, no, that was a good one because, yeah, because it would get – because what, what, what temperature do you do you smoke the cheese at? Now, obviously, it's a lower mm-hmm. temperature, but where where's the ballpark area for I guess like, that process? I guess one. I'm not asking you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're going to want to warm it a little bit for, for the cheese to soften and the smoke to penetrate. So you, everybody has their own idea. It is what they call cold smoking. I like, I like to do it somewhere around 80, 90 degrees. Okay. It, it's just warm enough to soften the cheese. It penetrates really well. Um, it even shapes the cheese. So for me, I actually do mine in stock netting. So I hang them like I would, you know, hams. For instance, okay, that it actually shapes them into almost like a teardrop, so it ends up being more like a ball form than it is a solid block. So I can probably do it in, in a little bit less time that way, mm-hmm. um, but it really makes it real rich. Oh, that's fantastic! And the presentation probably looks a lot better too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. It has, nice. Yeah. Now, so Rick, I have a question. Um, <clears throat> And I've been questions the whole day. Um, so I, if you have the opportunity, and you know, I don't know much about it, but if, if you have the opportunity to get a an animal from a local farm um, in Derry, actually around here, um, and then you know, obviously you're paying price per pound for live weight for the animal, and then bringing it over to you to slaughter to cryovac, you know, into the different cuts, is that would you say that's well worth, you know, the price compared to, you know, whether it's even buying it already cut local? Um, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of doing the math in my head and I looked at your price sheet and it's kind of like, you know, everything said and done. It would be like three, like three dollars and ninety eight cents a pound. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure after everything said and done. 
Sure, sure. Yep. Yeah, well, like anything else, it all depends what you're buying. If you, you know, get a good animal for, you know, fair price, mm-hmm. it's a great way to go. You know, you got somebody locally raising it for you. Um, you you're getting in on the, the whole local support, supporting your, you know, your farmer or whoever it is you're going to buy the animal from. Yep. In comparison to raising yourself, I could say it's got to be pretty close to the same. So, I mean, you got to factor in the idea you're going to pay some uh, fees on processing. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to bring me an animal, you're going to buy X amount of dollars by the live weight, mm-hmm. or you know, per per animal. Then you're going to factor in your processing cost. So, to have a whole beef, for instance, all cut package, you're probably talking four hundred fifty, five hundred bucks. And you know, if you buy it for a thousand or twelve hundred dollars, uh, you're you're in it for fifteen, seventeen hundred bucks. Yep. For that's a whole animal, so that's that's pretty good. If you're you're talking seven seven hundred bucks a half, right? Yeah. And yeah. if you're splitting it, and yeah. Johnny, you'd have leftovers yeah. even. <clears throat> what a, what a yeah. leftover! <laughs> It'll be on your beard. I'm the five bucks a pound. I mean, where are you going to go to any store and buy any steak? Right. For, exactly. For less than seven, eight, ten, fourteen bucks a pound, depending on which steaks you're buying. Yep. True. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, your well hamburger is at four bucks a pound. Right. Good hamburger yeah. meat. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Now, when you, and this might be a weird question. I'm just, I'm very curious. Because uh, <laughs> oh, I've been boy. there when there's been live animals. So when someone does bring something to you, do they walk it in live and then they like, see you later? Or like, is, <laughs> are, the mo- are most of them like already dead? No, they got to come in alive. Okay. Yeah, the oh. whole part of being a federal USDA inspected facility mm-hmm. is that the animal has to show up alive. It gives that first initial visual of healthy, wholesome-looking animal. That, you know, obviously they're walking, they look good. They, they got a good, they got a good look to them as far as their eyes and health-wise. Mm-hmm. So if there's any concerns, uh, the inspector himself can actually take that in consideration. If the animal comes in and they look sluggish, they got, you know, their eyes are kind of, you know, you can tell. It's like looking at somebody at work. You show up, to, well, you look terrible today. Or, or me right you now. You know, you can say, well, <laughs> Okay. Huh. So, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, mm-hmm. Do the other animals see, does one cow, let's say, does one cow see the next cow going into a room <laughs> and do they know what's coming up? Because I've seen some crazy stuff on YouTube where some of these cows, they're like shivering because they're like, well, I don't know if I want to go up that chute. <laughs> they don't witness another yeah, well, animal. A lot of people don't realize animals don't have that, that ability to reason. They have no idea where they are, where they're going in comparison to okay. a human, a person. It's like a kid. You know, you, tell a, you, know, you can tell a kid all you want. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. It really means nothing to them until they actually touch the stove right. or have some relevance what hot is. So an animal shows up at a facility and, and sees another animal go into a room and doesn't come back. Don't go in that room. <laughs> oh, they can tell. They can smell it. Well, they have no ability to reason what that smell is. Okay. Yeah. Like a deer in the wild. How do people are able to feed deer in some places because they get so used to people? Yeah, that's what I do in my place. Yeah. They've been experienced and see the, you know, this is friendly. This is nice. This is warm. They could, they come and they go. They come and they go. Right. Animals go to a slaughter facility. They never leave. So this is their first time getting exposed to something. 
And they don't know what that is. I've had pigs come in into the slaughterhouse and, you know, they'll come in, the floor is soaking wet and they're sniffing around. They'll drink whatever water there is and so forth. And you could tell, they're like, hey, this pig has no idea where he's at. He couldn't care less. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that they relevate is the fact that when you move animals is if you're forcing them in a direction you want them to go, they're not doing it willingly. Animals usually free really, you know, live about their life. Mm-hmm. They live in a pen, a pasture, or whatever it is, and they just kind of meander around at their own free will. Somebody shows up, they feed them, they come over, they eat. Now, if you go over there, and all of a sudden you've done the same thing for six months, and you decide, oh, I'm going to go in the pen. I'm going to move them over to the side of the pen. Well, now the animal's looking at it, what are you doing? You've been doing the same thing for six months. Now, all of a sudden, you want to come in the pen, and you want to move me over to the other side, whether there's a trailer there or whatever the case is. Now, they kind of, like, put their guard up, like, all right, something's up. I think it was like it's just, uh, it's just a change change of routine. Is all it is. It was like Marissa Tomei and uh, my cousin Vinny, where she says, "Do you think she gives a fucking crap what you're wearing when you shoot the bullet through her brain?" So really, what it comes down to mostly is the you know the whole being humane and handling an animal in such yeah. a way that you're kind of doing it coincidentally. You know, convincing, convincing them into going where you want them to go. Sure, yeah. Okay. Without, yeah. like, forcing them. I mean, it's no different than being at work. Be, you get better reaction out of people you work with if you ask them nicely and, yeah. you know, present it in such a way that it sounds good. Honey, yep. honey sweeter than vinegar. That's for sure. Yep. Now, do you do, co- do, you do kosher um, slaughtering? Um, I don't. No. Okay. Okay. I was just asking. Doesn't well, matter. Question, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So, Rick, thanks for taking some time to join us. Um, where can everybody find you on, you know, social media, internet, websites, things of that nature? For sure. Yeah. Well, physically, we're at 116 Daniel Plummer Road, Goffstown. Uh, social size, we are um, at a website, uh, com. Pretty pretty simple, easy to find. We're like one of the only slaughterhouses, so it's pretty easy to find that way. Mm-hmm. The stakeout, you can type in the stakeout Goffstown. That brings you right to there. Um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, people can kind of track a little bit of what's going on. You know, some of the some of the specials, some of the events. We'll have a a, a spring event that we do a, a cook off, uh, local barbecue competition. So the people, you know, throughout the Gosdown area in Manchester, come over and maybe compete against each other, have a little fun, talk a little bit about barbecue and how to and what not to. And we do a car show at the same time. Kind of fun. Petting zoo, that kind of thing. We're definitely going to be speaking about that competition. I'd love to. We both love to get into it. That'd be awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Well, once again, thank you, Rick, for taking time out of the day. And I, uh, you know, know you're driving. you got places to go. So thank you so much for taking some time to join us. Go check it out. It's in Goffstown. Um, Yeah. And on their website, too, it's got a nice uh, reel. So it tells you, like, specials that are at the, um, the stakeout. Then, it, you know, it'll have events and stuff like that. So it's, it's always up to date. Awesome. Always, yep. always willing to help. Anybody who wants to learn something new. Yeah. All right. Great guy, too. Rick, thank you so much. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Good chat with you guys. Nice chat with you. Take care. Absolutely. Well, that's it for this week, folks. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. You can catch the audio wherever podcasts are found. Catch the video on Facebook and YouTube. On YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the bell for all the notifications. You'll have all our episodes 
right there at your fingertips. On social media, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at PitLifeBBQ. Uh, questions and comments, please send them to pitlifebbqpodcast at gmail.com. And like always, please subscribe, like, rate, and review. Hit that share button. Uh, you want to take a guess what happened with the numbers this month? Went up. It went up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, thank you guys so much for getting the, um, getting the word out and sharing everything. Um, can't thank you enough. Chris, what a great surprise. Johnny, yeah. thank you. Appreciate Johnny. Mike, <laughs> pleasure meeting you. Thank you as, you know, you as well. Please thank check you. out uh, Chris's YouTube page at Eastwind Farms. Eastwind Farms, yeah. We, uh, we have a good a good old time. Yeah. And actually tomorrow night, on the actually next week, we have CJ on from Cooking with CJ in the Hot Seat. And should if I, I'm not mistaken. Should I bring a bottle of uh, Jack? Well, you might as well go, up, <laughs> go out and. That pink lemonade vodka. I think that's what it is. Oh, the pink, pink Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> yeah, pink Whitney. <laughs> that's right. And I, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow, third, Thursday. Today? Today's Tuesday. Today's Tomorrow's Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday night, C-Mac from Blackstone Boys is going to be on the hot seat. Wow. So oh, is That's going to be a good oh, that'll time. that would be cool. Are they going to be cooking together? You never know. Hey, anything can happen on the hot seat. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. he let us on at some point. Christmas. And that, that, so that Hyundai commercial. Yeah, I loved it. We, I mean, we could have freaking been in that commercial just talking normal. CJ's getting pretty good at is the he? Boston accent. Oh, we'll have to, have we'll have to, to try admit. it next week. We'll have I, to try it next week. I think the whole state of Massachusetts watched that video. And when the, when you watch YouTube right now and that video comes up before the or that commercial comes up before the video, people are just going to watch it, the whole video. Oh, yeah. I, everyone loves, you know, laughing the way Absolutely. we speak. And I love it, too. <laughs> well, thank you, folks, for tuning in. Thank you very in. much. Thank you. Um, until next week, keep, keep the, the smoke, smoke rolling. and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.